Jesus said, Let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Every good endeavor is a gift from God. Here on Faith Marketplace Radio, you'll be inspired, equipped, and encouraged in your work as you hear business leaders share how their faith impacts their work. Joining us every Saturday at noon on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. For Faith Marketplace Radio, here are your hosts, Bob Lambert and Jennifer Villarreal. Hey, welcome back to another wonderful Saturday here at Faith Marketplace where we equip entrepreneurs, small business owners, and creatives with resources and community to make a kingdom impact to glorify our mighty God while gaining inspiration from marketplace leaders. Hi, I'm Bob Lambert. I'm the co-host of the show here. I have the Samurai Business Group where we coach, teach, and train people how people buy, not how you sell them. And we do this with individuals, with entrepreneurs, and also with small mid-market companies. I have the honor today, I've got two really special guests, so I'm going to serve up the first one here. We're going to be talking with Joy Freeman today, and this is a very special young lady because she is not only the CEO of her own company, which is Remnant Strategy, but she's also been newly appointed as the Chicago City Director for Resource Global. And we're going to be talking about a lot of that just shortly here. But first of all, I want to get into some of the points that Joy is going to be covering today is going to be how to discover what it means to live the gospel purpose and impact in your city. The next generation is the youngest and most diverse in our history, and we must have a game plan to equip them. And then also becoming a Paul in, the, in Timothy's in the marketplace uh, could transform society. Joy, welcome. Hi. Hi, Bob. How are you? <laughs> Listen, I know that was a lot to have to spit out, but this is one accomplished young lady. Joy, why don't you give our listeners just a quick little testimony as to kind of your faith story and how you grew up and everything? Sure. So I um, am born and raised uh, in Chicago, and um, but I've spent some time all across the world. I uh, spent time uh, studying in Rome and uh, volunteering in Nairobi back in Chicago. Um, I actually uh, became a Christian in my mid-20s while I was already a young professional. And that's really when I got a heart for the this concept of faith and work um, and really seeing how I've been uniquely called in marketing and in strategy and in branding um, to do this type of work. But um, I think when I became a Christian, I fell in love with Paul and the ways that he had this unique position to um, really explore um, and, and use all of his talents to share the gospel. So that's really been my experience um, uh, in the faith. And, that's great. and you're, this young lady holds a master's degree from where? Oh, yes, uh, that too. So I have a, a master's from uh, Kellogg School of Management in Northwestern. Yes. Northwestern. Yeah, we don't want to leave that out. That's a kind of an important <laughs> thing. And folks, she was juggling a lot of balls while she was doing her master's yes, degree too. Yes, I was. Uh, this was, that was unbelievable. Uh, you know, you wrote, you, you shared with us a bit of a, a quote that I thought was outstanding. If you could mm-hmm. share with our audience that quote and, and uh, who it was by. Uh, so one of my favorite quotes that I've lived by is this concept of the greatest tragedy in life is not death, but a life without purpose. Uh, the greatest um, uh, tragedy is not to be successful, um, but to be successful in the wrong assignment. And the biggest mistake in life is to be busy, but not effective. And it's by um, a pastor uh, who uh, named, is named Dr. Miles Monroe. And it's one that I've really held close to me as I've just continued to engage in my career and uh, the work that I do. 
Yeah, that that is. When I read that, I thought, "Wow, that is great." And <laughs> I wasn't familiar with Dr. Monroe, so thank you for clearing that up for us. Yeah. That was that was really terrific. Yeah. And listeners, you're going to want to stay listening to this today because we got a special freebie for you today, also. So when I give you the the text number is two two four four zero four nineteen eighty eight, and I'm going to hold out a little bit as to what you're going to get here. Uh, you know, Joy, why don't we uh, tell the audience a little bit about uh, Resource Global and what are the ideal clients for that? Okay, so Resource Global is uh, an organization that was formed about six years ago. Um, the, the concept being that um, as we have this growing uh, number of young people who are coming into the marketplace, how do we really equip Christian emerging leaders in the marketplace to do the works um, that they're capable of doing to have a gospel impact and not feeling like they need to go into the mission field um, or to go into traditional missions in order to be in the mission field. So Resource Global um, is an organization that actually has six global cohorts. Uh, One of them is in Chicago. It's an eight month program. And the goal is to take Christian young professionals who are from 25 to on average uh, age 40, um, provide them with a mentor and then this curriculum and partnership across cohorts to to discover what is their purpose and their gospel centered impact for their city. That's fabulous. Now, I understand you, we, we got kind of a short string here because you are now just uh, taking the next cohort starting in 21, right? Yes. So what, what's the request that you'd have of our listeners right now? So understanding that that is the, the opportunity that Resource Global has with uh, young professionals. And here in the States, we actually have a cohort in Chicago and one in Austin, Texas. So uh, for anyone who uh, is in that demographic or knows someone in that demographic who is um, really trying to discover how they can have a gospel impact, then I would say check out uh, the website resourceglobal.org and learn more. You can contact me, the city director for Chicago, um, but then also Pete, the city director for Austin, um, if if it's something that's of interest. And also, uh, if anyone is listening and would be interested in learning how they could become a mentor or be more involved um, as as a as a Paul investing in the Timothys uh, of the next generation. And is there any age limitation on the mentors at all? Or who are you looking There's, for for mentors? Typically, we're looking for someone who is more senior in their career um, and, and obviously uh, believes in the concept of faith and work. Um, who can come alongside these emerging leaders who are on average 25 to 40 um, and navigate them. Now, one of the interesting things here, listeners, is that Joy is actually a graduate. (laughs) She's an alumni. (laughs) So, Joy, just want you to share with the audience, what did this do for you? How did this impact you? So, uh, for me, I was at a point where I had um, served in my young professionals ministry in my church. But when I started my MBA program, I knew that what I really needed was kind of like the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego type of a crew coming alongside me. And this is what Resource Global was for me. I was really starting to think deeply about what does it mean to take all this talent and skill that I have and have impact um, in Chicago, but then have a global reach knowing that I was going into this amazing MBA program. And while I was in the program, that's when I started uh, my company, Remnant Strategy. And uh, for me, RG was, it was a, a helpful resource in really thinking about how God was equipping me. My mentor was a great coach and support along the way, but then also being able to meet people globally who were my peers, uh, who either had, had their own businesses and were doing these amazing, amazing things for God, um, or who were just great visionaries of how they use their particular skill set in their city was really helpful for me in having 
not not so necessarily the courage to move forward, but um, the reminder that uh, God calls us to a thing and to a skill and then unleashes us to have that impact. Yeah. He doesn't call it qualified. He qualifies the call, right? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. And and listeners, I wish you could see this million dollar smile that this young lady has every time she talks about this. It is fabulous. So uh, in this program, uh, what problems do you guys solve? So I think each cohort member um, has their own uh, gospel action plan that they are in charge of uh, or tasked with developing by the end of the, uh, of the program. But what we provide, um, is especially for people who are wrestling to really think through what, um, what are they called to do, is the curriculum. So the curriculum is designed with courses like um, what's your gospel-centered identity and calling, gospel-centered vocation, leadership, um, and then we go through and, and kind of navigate what does it mean to specifically take those things and have impact in your city. So the problem that we're helping to solve is really cracking, helping people crack the case and what am I called to do um, and how do I take everything that I am and focus it towards that? That's awesome. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you know, one of the things, too, in, in this is uh, what what makes this Resource Global curriculum uh in services unique? So the thing that I would say it's really unique about um, RG, um, especially in, in comparison to some of the other great faith, faith and work programs out there, is the global reach. So we have cohorts in Jakarta, um, in um, Malaysia, in Singapore, in Nairobi, in Chicago, and in Austin, Texas. And so while you're focused on what's your action plan in your city and you're working with your cohort in Chicago or Austin or wherever, you also have this network and this connection with uh, fellow Christians around the world, young professionals who are doing this in their cities. I think that's something that especially for this generation that is more globally connected. uh, For me, that was incredibly attractive, but then also inspiring to see how we have similar problems, um, but also uniquely different um, based on our cultural context. Well, there's also something special here that I want the audience to know about, and that is the gentleman that founded this. So we've got, he's a very good friend of, of Faith Marketplace and the station. So why don't you share with, uh, with us who that is? So Tommy Lee, uh, and, and uh, he founded with his brother, uh, Jimmy, but Tommy is uh, the uh, founder and president of Resource Global is um, actually Tommy has been one of the the biggest supporters uh, of my path over the last year and a half and really instrumental in my journey and even the growth of of Remnant Strategy. Um, And he has a huge heart for uh, marketplace leaders. And for me personally, is an inspiration because he has his hands in so many different faith pots um, and, and continuing to do this work of developing the next generation of marketplace leaders. So... Yeah, and he's been a great supporter of ours. We've had him on the show a couple times. And, uh, yeah, he brings it, you know, especially on a global level because it's remarkable how that program started out actually in other countries to help uh, educate those young leaders, emerging leaders, to actually stay in country and develop right there where they were at. So they, you know, they planted, they stayed where they were planted. Well, listen, folks, we're going to be back again with the next session here with Joy Freeman, which is the newly appointed director, city director for Resource Global in Chicago. She also is the CEO of Remnant Strategy. So you want to stay tuned for that. Go out there and check out our website, faithmarketplace.com. We've got a lot of resources out there, almost 700 interviews over the last couple of years. So we're going to be right back with Joy Freeman. 
This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here with our special guest, Joy Freeman. She is the founder CEO of Remnant Strategy and the Chicago City Director of Resource Global. She was just appointed as that. If you missed the last segment of it, shame on you, because uh, this young lady has got quite a resume and also what they're doing with Resource Global. But, you know, I want to spend a little time, Joy, on Remnant Strategy, since you are the CEO of that. And obviously this program, um, Resource Global's program, was inspirational for you. Mm -hmm. You're also taking your MBA. So help us understand how that all worked and how you put that together and what is it that you do for people? Yeah, so... um I'll start with what we do. So um, I've spent most of my career working in marketing, brand strategy, corporate strategy. And one of the things that I really noticed that there was uh, this missing piece of, of having the nuance and truly understanding, like bringing together the cultural intelligence with the strategy work that we were doing. Um, and so one of the inspirations I had as I went into business school was how do we really think critically about things like sourcing strategies and uh, reorgs in a way that we really understand the impact that we're having in communities. So that was really the inspiration behind um, Remnant Strategy is to think differently and to bring uh, this partnership between cultural intelligence uh, to business and strategy. Um, Where does Resource Global and Kellogg and all of that come into this? So part of, uh, I think what Resource Global gave me was really the reminder that God, as, as we talked about earlier, God equips the call. And so this was something that had been in my heart for a very long time. And I felt like now is the time to jump out. God didn't allow me to go to a, do- a top business school just to come out and do what I had already been doing. Um, so that was, I think that was kind of the gospel remembrance for me. And, um, and then what, what did Kellogg do for me? It really gave me the community of people who uh, reminded me that I didn't need to know everything. I could tap, <laughs> <laughs> I could tap different resources to, to, to help me move through and navigate this new landscape. Yeah, and it doesn't it doesn't help their alumni association to get tapped into, right? <laughs> it <laughs> is a them, great one. <laughs> let them know what you're doing also. Yeah. So very quickly, how can people access Remnant Strategy? What, what do they do to find out more about it? So you can go to the website, remnantstrategy.com, uh, okay. learn more about our capabilities and offerings. Um, um, we uh, do work in marketing and brand strategy, more focused on brand strategy. Um, but then also uh, we do work with um, DEI, with boards, um, corporate strategy, organizational culture. So do you have any kind of clientele that you're specifically targeting with this? So we work across industries and sectors. But our focus is really on clients who know that they need to have a shift or a pivot and really want to think deeply about how they engage and future-proof their work, particularly as uh, the national and global landscape and demographic shift, helping organizations to think differently about the type of work that they're doing in order to maintain Yeah, and I I picked out that the cultural fit, too. Yeah. I I think that's really important today that – that fit is, you know, in their values and how they're coming across mm-hmm. to people because authenticity is everything today, right? Yeah. yeah. So, okay. for example, I think a great example is um, I've worked uh, with financial service firms um, that launched global brand, um, uh, global marketing campaigns. But the insight was actually from a Western perspective. So it played out mm-hmm. well in the U.S. and in Europe. Um, but what we learned is that it didn't play out as we then went back and reviewed the work 
didn't play out so well in, in places like Africa, um, Latin America, and uh, Eastern Europe. And what we discovered was that the challenge was actually uh, the slogan. And it wasn't the translation, it was the cultural interpretation. Um, I uh, won't get into all the details, but essentially uh, it had a concept of power, which for post-colonized, um, post-communist and highly religious regions, they didn't consider themselves having the power. The power was in someone else's hands. Uh, and so it's, thing, it's nuances like that um, that can trip a brand up, whether it's internally or externally. And that's the type of work that we try to um, work with clients through. Yeah, and that's not just in global uh, global areas, though, either. Right. I mean, right here in the U.S., you get, you got a mismatch of stuff. Oftentimes, the way it's coming across, the way the message is being delivered, to your point, it's not hitting the mark. Yeah. And I'm assuming that you really fine-tune who that target audience is and how to speak to them, right? Exactly, and especially okay. today with younger demographics or increasing diversity, one of the things we're really focused on is um, I've done a lot of work with millennials and Gen Zs, I found that a lot of the research, um, when we talk about Gen Zs, we are looking from a historical perspective on, uh, with research, our sample sets. Um, mm -hmm. So part of my work is really thinking through, well, what is the generation of tomorrow and how are they uniquely different? So I've consulted with faith-based organizations. Um, I've done expert reviews of books about um, young adults to really help organizations think through uh, if they have the, the truest understanding of what's ahead of us and how they um, how they can positively connect with the next generation. I told you, ladies and gentlemen, you really got to connect with this young lady, you know, because she she brings it. This is great. Listen, we want you to text 224-404-1988 for a, uh, in, with the keyword resource for a special gospel playbook resource pack that is going to be delivered to you. So you got to get that again. Text us at 224-404-1988. 1988 for a special gospel playbook resource pack. And we're going to tell you more than that. It's kind of like Christmas gift, okay? You ain't going to know what all's in it until you open it up. So if you want to get that and you want to get a nice surprise, text us there at that number. Uh, also, uh, Joy, what's the number that, or the uh, where they can find out more information about Glo uh, Resource Global? So you can go to resourceglobal.org. Resourceglobal.org. Okay. Yeah. So in the remaining time we have in here, uh, how do you incorporate your faith into the work that you do now? Mm. So, um, so many different ways. As the owner of a company, a lot of it um, really is having faith that God will provide, especially for um, a fairly young company. I've, I have been blessed to be incredibly um, successful and actually have um, clients coming to me, um, which is, is something that I definitely think is uh, not only a testament to the network, but to the doors that God has opened. So um, for me, it's been knowing what I'm called to do and not compromising on that, even when it's tempting. Um, historically, faith and work for me, um, one of the clearest examples was when I was the marketing director for Claire's. So I led the global strategy in the North American marketing. And I was also working in the teen ministry at my church. And so I got to see side by side how the decisions I made every day at Claire's, the partnerships we had with MTV, Viacom, our, our prom shoots, all of that directly impacted how girls saw themselves. And, and it was one of those moments where I realized that there are some of us who are called to have an influence um, in many different industries. Um, and, and we have a responsibility to speak up and to lead in a way um, that allows our light to shine. Uh, that's fantastic. 
So here's another thing that uh, I'd like to know and explore with you just a little bit, and then one other one before we, we have to break here. How do you inspire others in your daily work? Mm. You know, I think it's by being authentic. Um, I have learned to be very honest about, um, about where I am, about what I don't know. Um, I've learned that I don't need to be the smartest person in the room, uh, and I don't need to pretend to be the smartest person in the room. Um, I think that one of, I've discovered that one of my great gifts is leadership. And not just because I say that, but because the people who have reported to me over the years um, actually still reach out to me for advice. And I think in those moments, what I learned about inspiring people truly was about um, there is strength in knowing your weaknesses. Mm. And there's okay. strength in acknowledging other people's strengths um, and giving people permission to be human while also holding them accountable. That's great. Great advice. I hope you're getting those listeners and taking some <laughs> solid notes here because this young lady is really speaking some wisdom here. Very finally here, just in the minutes we have left, how would you like to provide hope for others facing challenges in their business and life? What are some tips? Mm. So I, I know you, a, you referenced Joseph when you yes, wrote something to us. Yes. I get a lot of hope from what I call my gospel mentors. Uh, Joseph is, has become one of my favorite people in scripture um, because I, I think seeing his journey from uh, 17 and having a clear vision, there've been debates about whether he was maybe a bit arrogant uh, with his brothers, um, but we see his journey of, of holding on to his integrity uh, no matter where he went. And I think there's something to be said about being promoted in prison <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it speaks like his his work and his integrity and his ethic spoke volumes of him um, to the point where even those who were his captors had a great amount of respect for him. Yep, and I think that his we see his story come full circle. But I think at times when we're in the middle of what feels like prison, it's easy for us to not think bigger than that moment, and it's easy to be tempted to lose your integrity um, or or become a person that you wouldn't want to be. And so I think for me, the, the hope that I have for myself and for others is that you know, Joseph, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Esther, all these people who had these difficult careers um, and still came out on the other side doing something bigger than them uh, is something that really gives me hope. And I love what you're talking about, your gospel mentors. That is fabulous, you know, because you have really pulled out some fabulous examples there and some great stories about how these people face difficulty. We all face challenges. You know, there's not a better rose. We weren't promised anything if we did when we did come to the faith, yeah. other than the fact that God would take care of us. So I really love that about you. And uh, what we want to do, make folks out there, we really want to make sure that you get this special gift that they are offering. You want to text 224 404 1988. The keyword is resource, and you will qualify for a special gospel playbook resource pack. And again, that's a very special gift that they're giving away. Also, just get out there and check out. Jennifer and I would love to hear from you. Text us again at, at uh, 224-404-1988 with any of your thoughts. Uh, if you'd like to be a guest on the show or you've got some ideas for us, please do that. And also, we got a lot of resources out there, and there's a special button called Donate. That's how this ministry lives, okay? So we'd love for you to be able to hit that Donate button and uh, be prayerful about that as to what it is that you think that we have brought you of value, okay? We're going to be right back with our next guest, 
And uh, I'm not going to tell you who it is because it's a surprise, okay? So just make sure you stay tuned. (laughs) This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here again. I told you we got another special guest today, Catherine Gates. She is a Senior Director of Content and Partnerships at Work Matters. Uh, and we're going to tell you a little bit about, about a new role that she's going to have shortly here. But Work Matters. So, uh, Catherine, what is Work Matters? Work Matters is an organization that's actually been around for about 17 years now. We help people pursue God's purpose for their work. So we teach them how to live out their faith at work in practical ways. You know, I love the quote that you had in here from Colossians. So I think that's a fit right now. Why don't you share the people? Why, and why is that your special quote? You know, we, our work really is meant to glorify God. And so that, that verse is whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord, you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. So it's Colossians 3, 23 through 24. And it really speaks to the fact that our work was given to us as a gift and a blessing from God in Genesis 1. And it is the vehicle through which we are able to partner with God and bring him glory throughout our lives and hopefully with joy. You know, the funny part about it is a lot of people, a lot of Christians don't realize that they, they that work is ministry, right? And that they bring that ministry. And I think this particular uh, scripture really points that out, work with excellence. Yeah. And that's where it will be the shining star, the light on the hill within the work environment, whether it be a corporate environment or family-owned business or whatever, you can really be that beacon of light. So, you know, you, you've got something very special here with work matters. So let's dig into it a little bit more. Why does it matter? A lot of people struggle with their work. They feel like work is necessary evil. They don't realize that God not, doesn't just care about the time we spend in church or in Bible study or doing what we think about as ministry. God cares about our work. And as I said before, our work is one of the greatest ways we glorify God. A lot of people don't realize that they're working from a two, uh, the perspective of a two-chapter gospel. We focus on fall and redemption, and we forget that work was given to Adam as the very first assignment. And it is how we will help God and Jesus usher in the new kingdom, the, the kingdom of God on earth. So, so what problems do you guys solve you know, with, your, with your stuff? We, we find a lot of people coming to us, Bob, struggling, as I said, with finding purpose in their work, find, finding their work is um, you know, onerous, or they are becoming workaholics, and they're doing it for a lot of the wrong reasons, not bad, just the wrong reasons. And so it becomes something that's very draining. What we do is we help people see that their work matters to God, what, regardless of what type of work they're doing, we help them to realize that God wants to give them strength. He never designed us to do our work on our own. He always meant for us to turn to him for direction, for wisdom, for strength. And he is the one. And I know For a long time, I struggled with thinking that it all depended on me. That is such a heavy burden to carry. But when we realize that God wants to give us the resources, he wants to give us the strength, it it just creates such a level of freedom for people in their work. Now, you've got products and services that you can provide for people, not just talking about this, but you actually have meat on the bone, practical stuff. Why don't you share with the audience what some of those things are? 
Yeah, absolutely. We consider ourselves practitioners, serving practitioners, and we recognize that people need real resources and tools and examples and, and ways to take action on this, right, in their work. And so we have work matter studies that people can bring into their work that help them develop as leaders with other Christians based on biblical principles. But one of the most, the most profound ways that we help people is through something we call the Work Matters Institute. The Work Matters Institute helps people recognize God's design for work and also get to hear from executive leaders who live out their faith at work, who share what it looks like for them. And they share real life examples of decisions that they've had to make, ways they've treated people, you know, ways they've gotten inspiration to um, create greater success in, in tough times. Yeah, and folks, we got a special gift today from Catherine. She's just published The Confidence Cornerstone, A Woman's Guide to Fearless Leadership. And she is going to give two callers today. You know, one each is going to get a copy of this book for free. So text us at 224-404-1988 with the word confidence. And again, you're going to get her book that she's authored, The Confidence Cornerstone. So what I also want to know is how do people find out more about Work Matters, Catherine? They can just go to workmatters.org and you'll see um, everything that we're about, our team and the institute. Yeah, all of that. So obviously this is near and dear to you, but uh, help me understand how you incorporate faith in work and in, in you personally. Absolutely. The first thing is to recognize, as I was saying, you know, we need to seek God first. You know, Matthew 6.33 says, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. That's not just food and clothing, but it's ideas, it's strength, it's resources, it's connections. And so making sure that that I am seeking God first thing in the morning, but not just there. I seek him throughout the day when I'm going starting a new project. I ask God, what do you want this to look like? Um, I pray with people and it, he really does guide me in terms of thinking about scripture and how it applies to whatever challenges or work that I'm doing so that I'm doing it with integrity and excellence. And really giving grace to people because we're all human beings. So it, it has to do with how we treat people, the excellence that we bring to our work on a daily basis, and really seeking God throughout the day, recognizing he's, he's sitting right here next to me and he wants to give me direction. You know, one of the things that I, I saw that you, uh, and I hadn't heard of this before, the seven pillars of faith. Why don't you share what that is? Yeah. You know, when Work Matters got started back in October 2003, they recognized that one of the things people needed to know is what does it look like to live out your faith in work? So they created these seven pillars very prayerfully, obviously, um, created the seven pillars of faith and work. And those seven pillars are integrity, excellence, calling, balance, service, influence, and love. Love is actually the first one. Right. And love is, you know, love is totally applicable in the workplace. We need to love people. You know, that's the, the greatest commandment, right? Is to love God by the through the way we do our work and love people. You know, one of the things I also loved about that you commented on about how you incorporate your faith, it's about the walk, not the talk, right? Yes, so much so. <laughs> it's yes. about the walk. Yeah, and it's a famous quote. Again, I don't, it's attributed to a couple of different people, you know, go spread the gospel, use words if necessary. 
<laughs> right. Because I think what's important uh, with our, you know, our former guest, Joy, is it's about the walk. That's what young people are really watching. If you're a professed Christian, you better be walking those values, right? And that's the strongest thing that I can share with leaders today is you got to walk it because they're watching every move. Not that Absolutely. we're perfect, but they're watching you. So uh, is that something you reinforce also, Catherine, in your program? The marketplace is the largest mission field on the planet. More people are, you're, you're interacting with more people in the marketplace, in the workplace, than you are going to at church or in any other place. And people, as you said, are watching. And so if you're a Christian, they're especially watching you because they want, people are hungry. They're hungry for God, they, but they want to know that it's for real. So yes, absolutely. <laughs> what you do is so important. Yeah. So um, how would you like to provide hope for others who are facing challenges in their business and life? Because you've had those, and so you got a lot of practical experience, but what's that look like? You know, as, as your uh, previous guest, Joy, said, I, you know, authenticity, transparency, and vulnerability are so important. You know, people can look at even me and say, oh, she's got it all together. She doesn't understand. Look at where she's at, right? But I share very openly. I have a very messy past. And while I'm not proud of some of the things, I, I like to share it openly because people say, oh, well, if God can use you after all of that mess, <laughs> I guess he can use me too. There you go. <laughs> And I, I love, love I love Romans eight twenty eight that God can use all of the circumstances of our lives, even the messes we've created, and turn them around <laughs> for good. And we love Him, and we're called according to His design and purpose. I love that. You know, Catherine. Here's what we're going to do here. I want to make sure that we let people know that you've got a transition coming up. So why don't we share a little bit of that real quick in the minutes we have remaining? Thank you so much. I have, I, I wrote this book, The Confidence Cornerstone, A Woman's Guide for, to Fearless Leadership, out of a passion for seeing that women are still struggling to raise up as leaders, to see themselves as leaders, and to reach their full potential. And, you know, the way I see it is that men and women, God created men and women to work collaboratively together side by side. And if we're missing one, then we're, we're missing a, a big piece that's really important to God to God. When he said, let us create mankind in our image, he, and he created them male and female in his image and said it was very good, and then gave them both the cultural mandate, the first assignment, fill the earth and subdue it, right? And so um, I have a real passion for helping women. And so what's happened is Work Matters is really focusing on their young professionals ministry and the Work Matters Institute. And so now I get to focus on serving women with women in the marketplace. Um, it's an organization that is growing. They, they started in Cincinnati, Ohio. They're, they're starting to branch out into other states and said, you know what, we need an executive director to grow. And so I start that position January 4th. That's wonderful. How is anybody going to get a hold of you there at uh, Women in the Marketplace? The website is womeninmarketplace.net. Okay, folks, I want to, again, remind you, get out there in Texas at 224-404-1988, keyword confidence, and two of you that text us in, the first two, are going to get each a, a copy of her book, The Confidence Cornerstone, A Woman's Guide to Fearless Leadership. So make sure you do that, and we're going to be right back because we're going to have a mystery subject that all three of us are going to roundtable. Why it's a mystery? Well... 
we're going to figure it out between the break here, okay, as to what this was, the commonality we all have. And we're going to be right back and let you know about that. But we also want to encourage you to get out there and go to faithmarketplace.com. We've got a lot of resources. We want to hear from you also, so text us too. We're going to be right back with my special guests. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here with our special guest today, Catherine Gates, uh, Senior Director of Content and Strategies at uh, Work Matters, and Joy Freeman, the founder and CEO of Remnant Strategies, and also the newly appointed Chicago City Director for Resource Global. And we're going to roundtable a fabulous subject today because I've got two powerful ladies here, and that is women in the marketplace. And we're also going to take a, take a shot at how men and we, women are equal, but how men need to support women in their efforts, okay? So, Joy, I'm going to throw it at you first because <laughs> you've got a particular angle on this with younger women. So what's your, what, what's your comment on this? Yeah, I think, uh, so one of the things with millennials and Gen Zs that's been interesting, especially when you think about cultures, they grew up with strong female characters in young adult fiction. When you think about The Hunger Games and Divergent and all these movies where um, young adults, men and women have grown up seeing women be heroes, which I think impacted their perspective of the role of women. But I think what happens is that when young women then come into the workplace and they're working alongside Xers and boomers who have a completely different perspective, that culture that they've grown up with is at tension with what has been the standard around them. Wow. Catherine. That is so true, Joy. You know, one of the statistics I had read was how many women, um, you know, a lot of times women are not stepping up to leadership roles, not because they don't want them and not because they don't have ambition, but because they come into the workplace with ambition and then get it gets knocked down. They work so hard, but their voices aren't heard, their ideas aren't listened to, or they're stolen. And so it does, it gets to the point where they just say, you know what, it's just not worth it. Yes. And that's that's a that's a real shame because we need everybody's ideas. Yeah, and I'm I'm I want to dig into that a little bit. Is that is that kind of an ageism kind of thing there too? Are we seeing that kind of thing getting knocked down with with millennials or that age category with their peers as females, or is this more where you've got a, a little bit of an older workforce that that's happening to? So I I think um, I think it's both. I think it's okay. it is an experience of there have been so few women in places that um, at times it feels like we need to compete with one another for that one role in the room. And, yeah. oh, yeah. go ahead, Catherine. No, yeah. I was gonna say that's part of the problem is mm-hmm. that there aren't a lot of role models. There exactly. aren't enough role models. Yeah. And so even though they may be raised with a, diff- a certain perspective that's different from the older generations, once they get into the, the workplace, it's, it's mixed and there just aren't enough role models for them to know what it looks like, how to do it, and now you're mixed in with men who also don't necessarily know how to work alongside women, how to encourage women and, and just collaborate, work collaboratively with them. Yeah, and I think the other challenge with this is, um, I think there are two things. One is you have a generation of women who had to really work, work really hard to get to where they are. And I think they've created a mentality of now you have to earn your stripes versus let me reach back and pull mm-hmm. you up. And so it becomes an expectation of, even though you may have the talent, 
I wasn't there when I was your age, so now you need to wait. I think the other challenge is when it comes to really networking. So a lot, as you all know, a lot of business doesn't actually happen in the boardroom. It's in those other environments. Well, if women don't have access to those places, then the deals are already happening before you enter the room. I think that really contributes to, to that's why sponsorship and men's support is so important because men can be in some of the rooms and places that women aren't in. So how would you equip men, ladies? How would you equip them to be able to support you? One, one way that we need to do it is we need to be uh, first, support, women need to be supporting other women. We need to recognize that the scarcity mindset is a belief system that's not serving us. Um, and so as we are able to support one another, then we can also turn to men and say, you know what, we need more men to sponsor us, to work with us, to include us. Um, we need to equip them. And it's interesting because I, I noticed um, in a couple of companies that we work with, there have been some senior level men who decided to take a step back and say, how are the women in my organization doing? And they thought, they thought the answer would be, they're great. Our organization handles this well. They found out quite the opposite. And now that they are aware, they want to do something about it. Okay. Yeah. Joy, how about you? Well, I think that the last phrase that Catherine said is key. I think th there has to be a desire to do something about it. And I think particularly, as we've talked about in earlier segments, the influence and role that Christians have in the marketplace, this is really one of the key things that Christian men can lead in, is being an example in the marketplace of what this looks like. I've often said that God, God's spirit is not engendered. God just gave his spirit to both genders. That's and sometimes what we do is we treat women like they have a lesser spirit when we don't allow them, whether it's in the marketplace or in church, to have a voice and a space to really express the talents and gifts that God has given them. Do, do women really understand what their role is or how they can really empower you know, themselves and also men in this, this situation? I've seen well, a lot of men, a lot of women, um, not necessarily realize that there's more potential they can tap into. So again, they just need that encouragement to, sh to say, you know what, even Christian women, like we were designed to work alongside men. You know, when, when God said, um, let us make a helper for Adam, the word that was used was Ezer Konegdo. Ezer is also a word used in other places in the Bible for military strength and God's help for Israel. In other words, Eve was not created to be the weaker sex. She was created to be a strong and powerful helper. And we, we need to own that identity. Yeah. Well, I can tell you firsthand that I am definitely my wife is a strong woman. <laughs> and I celebrate that. Uh, and just recently we had a conversation about that, the work she's doing and how she steps into that and how she can really, she's got to promote herself. I think women sometimes don't, you know, not unashamedly, you know, promoting yourself, but you, you, you quietly kind of go about your stuff and, you know, you hope it's going to get recognized. I think there has to be, um, it, it, you know, some equipping for women to really start to, you know, speak up, if yeah. it were. And speak up, and not, and not in a harsh yeah. way or anything like that, but in a way that really demonstrates, hey, look, I'm in the room. Because yeah. I thought you both brought it up. Sometimes you're ignored or you're put down or you're, you're lesser than. You know, and that's another thing to, I think that equip men need to be equipped by is to listen, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I see a lot of head knocking here, <laughs> folks. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree that women, um, it's a, it is a cultural 
um, phenomenon of, of women. Um, they often say that I've, I've seen research that women will apply for a job when they feel like they have all of the qualifications. Men will apply for a job when they feel like they have about 50% of the qualifications. <laughs> there you go. That's and correct. so there's, there's something in our culture that teaches men that you don't need to know it all, but you have, you can go after it and teaches women that you need to be overqualified and then you may have an opportunity. And so I think it's also breaking down some of those barriers. Um, I think the other thing is, uh, and this is where the cultural nuance comes in of, um, you know, not only women learning how to speak up, but men learning how to reach out um, and, yep. and really invest and nurture. Not, and, and this is where fit is really one of those issues where we have to really think bigger than, than the fit of our culture. Yeah, absolutely. Amen. Amen. I can't believe this segment is coming to an end, folks. I, we could talk about this for another half hour. I think this has been fabulous. Today. I want to thank both of my guests, Catherine Gates today, of, uh, which is soon to be transitioning to Women in the Marketplace. She's going to be the executive director there. Get out there and check out her book. It's on Amazon, and that is The Confidence Cornerstone. And Joy Freeman today was the CEO of her own company called Remnant Strategy, and she's also the newly appointed city, uh, Chicago City Director for Resource Global. You heard about that. Reach out to her. You can check the, both those up and, uh, on the Internet uh, at their websites. So... Uh, we're going to be back next Saturday here at noon to 1 o'clock here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life, where we're going to give you some inspiration. We're going to also give you some encouragement and enablement to get out there and lead a love Christ. Thanks for joining us for Faith Marketplace Radio, here to inspire, equip, and encourage Chicagoland's Christian business community. Faith Marketplace is on every Saturday at noon, right here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Listen to past shows anytime online at faithmarketplace.com.